electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber, live at the New York Stock Exchange. Kind of a wild morning. Gold briefly tumbles below 1750. Dow futures are weak. Goldman Sachs does cut its China GDP forecast, and that sends oil below 66 after the worst week in months. Our roadmap begins with under pressure, gold and oil falling this morning, and we'll explain why. Plus an upgrade for Tesla. This one's over at Jefferies, and the shares could be moving up this morning. They've been doing that a bit lately. And a win for Norwegian Cruise Line, a federal judge ruling it can ask passengers for proof of COVID-19 vaccination. We'll start, though, with this crazy day of commodities action, Jim. Uh, You think it's all tied to the Goldman China call? Uh, Some degree, but also I think we have to start thinking about this Bitcoin goes up. That's our store of value. Uh, So what do we sell? We sell gold. Uh, They seem to relate to each other. Uh, I, I don't really... I'm not, remember, I'm a believer in crypto, so I totally get it. But I, I used to think, uh, David, that when you get a pickup inflation, like we were talking about with the, with the employment number, yeah, that, that should mean, well, gold does well, but interest rates go up, and that tends to make gold go down. Gold's in, gold's in a world of hurt. It and is. I think people are reassessing it as a store of value. They seem to be. That certainly seems to be yes. the case. Yes. So is this a break with, what, thousands of years of history? <laughs> Uh, if you ask Dr. Mark Bristow from Barrett, I think we're going to actually be able no. to ask him. What? Mm-hmm. When? Coming uh, up later. Oh, of course, when I'm not there, great. <laughs> um, I love him. I mean, remember he's the guy who called me a sissy because he said, "Yes." I said, "How do you how do you operate in Africa?" I remember that. Only a sissy would ask that. It was interesting. But uh, he will tell you, and you will love him. That he won't say Bitcoin's a fraud. Okay, that's too eccentric. But he will say that the idea that something that was just dreamed up could take replace thousands of years is fanciful and don't get caught up in it. OK, he will say that. But yes. what do you say? I am curious. I think that I mean, does thing, it revert to the norm that has been the case? Is this uh, just a, a strange there's too short many, term period no, of time? No, I think that there's too many companies that are looking to get in it. Too many companies that were uh, too many banks that were in denial initially that now want to offer it. Uh, people well, you're talking it. about crypto now. Crypto. I'm, ta- I'm, Wait, look, I'm wondering whether gold, oh, this, gold, this decoupling from inflation. That's a great call. I think that gold continues to only replace about one percent a year. And I would hold on to gold. But I will say when you listen to the show that preceded us, I mean, the trillions that are being printed, trillions this has become Bitcoin, crypto, crypto, and I don't want to say Bitcoin, has become the, okay, Rob Portman says we're going to do this. Chuck Schumer says we're going to do this. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my money out of uh, money funds, and I'm going to buy these things. 
because they are the true hedge to the z- zany nature of our new of our yeah. country's Congress. Interesting. That is a three three month high yep. on Bitcoin this morning at forty five nine. Um, as for inflation, Jim, the jobs number Friday still a lot of discussion as to whether or not uh, that's a reason to, to justify higher rates today. Uh, JPM does cut its year end ten year target to one and three quarters. They were at one nine five just as Goldman did last week. Look, I, I think that that number was electric and really put the Fed on. Remember, I'm very pro-Fed, but that number was jarring because, wow, we're hiring. We, nobody can seem to find any workers. I mean, Rich Allison this morning, my, I love Domino's. He's talking about maybe there's a break in trying to get, get people. But we had, can the Fed create new people, David? Is Jay Powell able to create new people? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet, right? No. No, we're not, not there yet. Because you know why? Because it's Jensen not. Wong and NVIDIA hasn't been but able to... soil and that. green is people. Yes, quantitative birthing or something <laughs> yes, like that. Yes, yeah. exactly right. Um, no, we haven't gotten I to that... I question soil and Thank green, you. Joe. Haven't gotten to that level of genomics yet where he's able to create people. No, but that's a problem. Um, I, mean, and, I mean, now everybody says back... Of, uh, look, I thought that, once again, Dr. Gottlieb, why isn't he, like, president of the FDA? Today he said, maybe when people... Go, is that a new title? Well, but the FDA, no one even knows who they are anymore. They're a black box. They're a sticker group. He was the, he was no, the he head, was of, the head of the FDA, but he's, now he's just the head of, uh, of CNBC. Yes. <laughs> and, and he is uh, CNBC Medical. And one of the things Whatever he said you want was... a title you want to give him. It doesn't take. matter. Lumen and Pfizer. Yeah, um, board member. And, and by the way, but can we just point out that who did he advise? Norwegian Cruise Lines. Uh-huh. And if everybody listened to him, he advised Frank Del Rio. Remember, Frank sued, it's kind of an odd suit in terms of where we are, in terms of our culture. He sued to be allowed to have the ability to test everybody. We're going to well, talk not about just test, have them be vaccinated. Have them vaccinated. And, and require them to be vaccinated. Right, not have any kids because kids are obviously no. purveyors of COVID. We're going to discuss uh, the judge's decision in, in that case in a moment. But as for Gottlieb, he did talk about uh, this particular Delta wave yes. as one that might eventually get us to some level of uh, population-wide exposure. Here's what he said on Squawk. We're talking about a brief period of time, probably, where we really are going to need to take these precautions. I don't think COVID is going to be epidemic all through the fall and the winter. I think that this is the final wave, the final act. Assume we we don't have a variant emerge that pierces the immunity offered by prior infection or vaccination. Um, This is probably going to be the wave of infection that ends up infecting the people who refuse to get vaccinated. And we're going to reach some level of population-wide exposure to this virus, either through vaccination or through prior infection, that it's going to stop circulating at this level, at this rate. And then Jim tweets, Delta will peak. Dr. Gottlieb seems like runs out like 1919. Yeah, well, look, I, I don't know whether the people who are against, I mean, I, my mentions column has been hijacked by the anti-vaxxers. But I think that what Dr. Gottlieb is basically saying is, hey, listen, everybody gets it where everybody gets a vaccine. It's he, not he's possible. He's been saying that for you a can't while. Be, no and, one has immunity and as to we, this. No, and as we point out, he has been, Gottlieb has been the best, I think. Yes, he has. We all agree uh, on in but terms this of at least sort of what, the advice he's given and, and what he's seen coming. Um, the one scary thing is that other is his little addendum that, well, oh my unless God. there's another variant that pierces your ability that. to fight it off either and through as a result of the vaccine. Protection. Correct. Right. That would be obviously... Really I know bad. I have, but we hope that doesn't. But by the way, the right. more people who are unvaccinated, the more chance there is for mutation. Right. And that kind of a scenario, at least, continues to be something we have to be concerned about. Look at that. Hopefully, right, it doesn't happen. Right. She's the right yeah. shoulder. Yeah. I have Dad Kafario one that tonight. Was She's completely, CEO, that uh, was completely preventable. That that far right. You you're making that statement. 
I am. You're going to get a lot of heat for that. I will. And you don't mind? No. Good. Good, because I think that I don't mind either. You'd want to take heat on this. I have Deb Kafaro on tonight. She is uh, CEO of one of Ventos, one of the largest senior home operators. And people are starting to come back to this because everybody's vaccinated. And, you know, so there's a world where it's kind of like the Xanadu of vaccines. David? Yes. Now you're talking 80, 90 percent vaccinated. Right. right. So they're safe. That's safety. Right. By the way, Gallup had some data out Friday. They asked um, of the unwilling who believes that they could not be convinced. And the number turns out, Gallup says, to about 18 percent who say, I'm, I'm not willing to get it and you're not going to change my mind. So well, that's I about guess, one out of five. Look, if someone in a room has it, it's very chicken pox like. I remember when I was going to school and someone had chicken pox, then the next thing you know, it's, it's quite transmissible. Whole classes, you know, 20 that, people, right. whole class is chicken pox. Yep. It's but if you aerosol. are vaccinated, you have a high, 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 high likelihood of not uh, of not in What do you think about the, and, what, can that's the key? What do you think about wearing a mask again? I think people are starting to wear masks again indoors, even those who've been vaccinated. I, yeah. I do it really despite the mentions. But if you know you're in a place where everybody is vaccinated already, vaccinated to vaccinated transmission is probably not particularly now, is that likely. Because they ask them because it's very possible that there are some people in, in your midst that you think are vaccinated, but they're not. It's possible, I suppose. Depends where you are and who, you, and who you're with and whether you know them. Right. And also, it's a global story. I mean, oil's action today is ostensibly about China's ability to fight the variant. Look, we hear some people say it's a strong dollar. I think the fact that whatever vaccine they gave in China, uh-uh. Yeah. No. I mean, that's like the flu vaccine with us where, hey, I took the flu vaccine. 40, 50 percent. Yeah. That's not enough to do the job. No. 40 percent. No, that's not going to get it done. No. And there, you know, you work closely with each other and in a big factory, the factory comes down. So now you're talking about, uh, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Inflationary upside risk. Look, there's a Malaysian set of factories for semiconductors that, that really hurt General Motors earnings. A Malaysian factory. Ford did not have that much exposure to Malaysia, but Mary, Mary Barton did, and the, missed, the quarter was missed. I think rather incredible. Now you've seen, listen, Tesla's making the people, uh, you know, uh, oh, mandating uh, masks again in their plants, but in their, to your in point, in plant. manufacturing. Well, Amazon, look, I think that we're in a situation where the employers have been waiting for the FDA to say that they've got full approval, and now they're not waiting anymore. They're not. They're just like, the heck with the FDA. Let's just go do it. Right. And that's why I thought the Norwegian's so interesting. Yep. A federal judge uh, is ruling that Norwegian can ask passengers for proof, written proof of COVID vaccination. Uh, that temporarily blocks a Florida law that bans that practice. It's being framed as a, a defeat for the governor down there. Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah. But I'm in touch with Frank a lot. So I was going to take a cruise um, on Frank, you know, at a Norwegian cruise. Yeah. And I just think that what people are missing is, is that when, when Frank Del Rio... And he came and he mentioned, he came on the air, and he said, look, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure that everybody's vaccinated and no kids, okay, uh, so that there's absolutely no one. And this is the way for people to feel confident. And then he was undermined by the governor, it, who said, you cannot make people be in a situation where they can't get COVID. That's not allowed. Meanwhile, the CDC said you got to have at least 95% of your passengers vaccinated, otherwise they're not going to advise you to travel. Um, the case itself relying on both interstate commerce and First Amendment as at least likely pillars for uh, but for a win. But don't you think the and that's what the judge allowed say, it to, to uh, 
I know this is a Florida district. Joined it. It's a yeah. district case, but don't yeah. you think there's an opportunity? Yes. No, I think to that's make it the so that's got precedent. Yes. I mean, I'm not a lawyer. I don't even try to play one on TV. <laughs> well, but, but in the, reading about it, yes. The issue has been kids, because Frank is willing to not have kids on because of the vaccination issues with kids, but uh, others are not as, uh, let's say, rigorous. Yeah. Frank is changing things. Now, that, that obviously, I think the governor will appeal, uh, go to appellate court, and if you get a law of the land situation for the goes to the Supreme Court, then you'd have a much better chance of people saying, look, get out. You know, like Disney's very tough. You know, Disney wants people vaccinated, with, which I think makes sense. I think it always makes sense, um, uh, unless there is truly a reason for it. We don't have it yet. I mean, I was with someone I, who was someone who is uh, an anti-vaxxer, okay? And I said, what's, what's the issue? The issue, of course, is compelling, you know, compelling us to take it when the FDA hasn't approved it. Right. I mean, I'm sitting there and saying, like, he goes, hey, listen, big shot. I always like that big shot. What's the FDA done? If it was really any good, the FDA would have approved it. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's a good, good point. One. No, and that was, that was Fauci's point, I think, the last few days, that when she, once you get full approval, maybe then you start seeing a, a wave of, ma- of vaccine mandates. I, I was on the, my heels on that one. I was on my heels. Like, I don't have a reason why they haven't approved it. Do you? Time. They just are there working didn't, through their didn't typical... Didn't seem to hurt them on the Biogen. No, I mean, look, only a billion people have had it. We need a bigger sample? Is that what they're saying? What are they saying there? Like, how about the one where they say, listen, you know, we're not supposed to do anything so September, hard, September hard, 1. Let's go to the racetrack. agency that we're relying a great deal on. They, maybe they haven't covered themselves. In, they haven't covered themselves in glory. Neither is the CDC. Hardworking but, Yeah. These are hard. everybody else who works easily. No, I'm just saying these are people who are working hard or trying their best. They are? Yeah. Well, by September 1, I guess by August, maybe they come back. How about if it's Labor Day and they don't want to do it and they come back? Maybe September 15th. Don't you think that that person will then come up with another reason why they don't want to get the vaccine? Well, of course. Okay. I mean, they don't want to. Maybe they're afraid of, of needles. Remember well, Theranos? Remember, she was afraid of needles. Could be the, was, could be right? the microchip. Theranos was could afraid be the microchip. Remember Elizabeth microchip. Holmes? Bill, are you in there? Bill? <laughs> come, come. I got him. Yeah, he, yeah, I got him. Ground control. Got major top. We're good. Uh, take a look at futures this morning. There's a lot to get to. We'll cover some of the Berkshire earnings from the weekend. We got an upgrade of Tesla today. Of course, AMC tonight and setting up for a big week of earnings. Not big, but some big names. Disney, Airbnb, DoorDash. We're back in a moment. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. 
The $1 trillion infrastructure bill clearing some key procedural hurdles in the Senate. Lawmakers did vote to end debate on the bipartisan legislation by a vote of 68 to 29. Puts the bill on track for passage in the coming days, maybe as early as early tomorrow morning. If it is approved, of course, the bill goes to the House. Uh, Rob Portman was on Squawk a moment ago, Jim, said he sees 18 to 20 GOP senators in support. Look, this is a bill. I mean, you're talking about uh, Internet to be equal in this country. Which, by the way, at one point, we didn't even understand why you would need that. And now we understand that that may be a big issue with equality uh, in people in this country. And that is something that still works. David, when you hear somebody say, listen, I want to make it so kids are equal in this country, that's a tough thing to fight. No, broadband access is a a key. And, of course, during the pandemic, that became even more apparent, having access to reliable and broad broadband and people to be able to bridges, do all the things tunnels, you need to do. Roads. Everybody knows what our roads are like in this country. The heck? Yeah. But, you know, the roads, like the roads, like not getting what they originally wanted. The Biden administration, certainly on climate. And of course, that right. comes today with this U.N. report on climate change. Jeez. Um, and I was actually also blamed for some of oil's weakness this morning oh. in some circles. I. I don't know, that Dixie fire, second worst fire. Oh, now it's the, now it is the worst, the worst fire. Yeah, as of this morning, the single worst fire in the history of the state. Oh my God. You know, I once, when I was it's still early, in, and it's still relatively yeah. early in the fire season. When, when I certainly not on fire. close to over. You know, I covered a bunch of fires. Right, I remember and you did that. Interstate 5, and it's been the grapevine. It's this huge, huge interstate. And I was on one side, and everyone just said, listen, we're okay. We're okay. It's a great barrier. And then you see what fire can do. It can leap over an interstate without a problem. Or you, you, you've got the, uh, there was a uh, Man, Manville Canyon, there was a fire, where, again, it, you, it blows up. It blows up. It just blows the trees up. And I think that people don't understand what this, this is just tragic. It's and devast- where's, you know, do you need fires. the Army? They're devastating. What fire. do you do? Firefighters are Totally overwhelmed. They're totally overwhelmed. Oh, Obviously, you've had other fires as well. We've got the Oregon fires. I mean, some of these are in remote places um, in parts of states that are uh, have a great deal of national forest, but it's uh, it's it's horrible. Look, the, the town that my daughter lived in before she moved to Spain burned down in Oregon. Town burned down. Yep. Town. We've lost town in Oregon. Awesome towns in this country. Uh, we'll talk more about the uh, the bill, though, uh, especially some of the crypto tax provisions, which are getting uh, some discussion this morning. A lot more Squawk on the Street continues in the opening bell in about 10 and a half minutes. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. 
Eight minutes ago before we get started trading here for uh, the week here at the New York Stock Exchange. Let's talk uh, stocks again. For that, we turn to the Mad Dash. Darden is the name. Yes. Now, this is Olive Garden. One of the most amazing things, David, if you looked at this stock, this stock broke down to 38 after the, uh, the pandemic because people knew that they had to shut. But when they reopened, well, a lot of other places didn't reopen. The mom and pop places. And what happened is this, pla- this took a tremendous share, a wallet share of America. But now, David... Costs. 2022 Evercore downgrades. Why? Increasing cost pressure, dampening our view on Darden, also Brinker, and its food and its labor. And this is what the Fed has faced. 2022, a lot of people just say they can't. They're going to be out of control. So let's get out now when it's still good. All right. Food and labor. I mean, I can remember any number of guests we had on last week. Kellogg comes to mind. Yes where we asked the CEO about inflation. He said, yeah, well, temporary, I don't know, at least 12 to 18 months. Is that temporary for you? No, no, and I think that it gets ingrained. David, you know what? I am, uh, what I would say is, is that it's weak, the picture's weak, or insecure. And that's worth $1,600 more for one? And then the guy didn't win anyway? He's I mean, come on, David. And who are the judges who say weaker? Jim so- is referencing the last game of, uh, of Jeopardy that, uh, that I hosted on Friday, of course, where we had a change because uh, a correct response was, was weak or, uh, but deemed incorrect initially. They said insecure. But then when you go to the dictionary, if two, two or more of the definitions are the same, it's correct. Well, so that was judges, one of the most exciting moments because I did not did know rule. the judges. I didn't think. I thought it was Ash and Stone, David. You are so but funny. It, you, but watch, in the, you watch every second. Every second because you were so fabulous at it. Well, oh, my, you were so thank great. You. I'm going to miss our uh, our Jeopardy mad dash. But, yeah. uh, but, you know, we'll bring it back every so often. And maybe I'll have Johnny Gilbert introduce the favor report for me every so often as well. You thank Johnny Gilbert every night when you came out. Yes, of I course. thought that was very good. Of course. And you were always most gracious to everybody. And the questions are a little silly. They're fun. They're, they're fun. fun. It's yeah, all fun. It's all fun. are great. It's all fun. And, and they games, got a great so champion hurt. going, so keep watching. Matt. Joe Buck is up this week. Oh, my. And, Joe will uh, be good. And uh, they've He'll got and they got Matt Amodio still still strong, 13 games in. But congratulations. So interesting storyline. Thanks, what is, Jim. He's a Ph.D. candidate in New Haven? <laughs> in New Haven, Connecticut. A little school there in New Haven. I urge people All to right. go on YouTube. It's an 18-minute version. You can see every single night. And then David has a three-minute version of the impact uh, on his life, and I think everyone should watch that too. It's all available on YouTube. Just put in Faber Jeopardy. I'm going to just take him everywhere I go. <laughs> there he is. All right, we got an opening bell coming up for you five minutes from now. Stay with us on Squawk on the Street. And remember, by the way, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. You can listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. We're back in a second. Keep your eye on Tesla and the pre-market. Jeffries upgrades the stock from uh, hold to buy today based on what the firm feels is more efficient capital deployment and an improved ability by OEMs to increase margins over time. They did say, Jim, less capacity constraint, more battery, more assembly capacity. Look, I, I think that there's it's always interesting when you see that a stock that's been so hot and then people are just trying to jump on it. But it has not been hot lately. Uh, against that is a very quizzical piece uh, out of Bernstein. Where uh, Tony Saganetti is a, he, I had a professor who was a, a formerly a Jesuit priest, uh, became the dean of Harvard. And everything was, you had to look at everything on both sides. I always thought it was therefore worthless. 
But other people felt that the Jesuit approach was a good one. I, I wanted a definitive one, but no, Tony, with his underperform, basically raises many questions and then gives you his take, which is on the one hand or the other. But he raises the questions, and I found it quizzical because when I finished with it, I said, now I have no idea what to do. <laughs> Maybe that's kind of like his apple. Well, then you coverage. can go to the Jeffries report, and that'll give you a better idea. Yes, then, Jeffries, which we didn't even mention in terms of uh, compensation. Yes, that's a whole separate story for Jeffries, matching Goldman Sachs and the compensation of uh, early associates and the like. Yeah, first-year associates or analysts, 110K yeah. to start. Right. Uh, they were at 85. It's basically most the, more than most firms for, yeah, for juniors. Yeah, you know, interesting. I also feel that... And not mandating everybody come back yeah, to the office five say. days not, a week. Not, not. And the CNBC Real-Time Exchange at the big board today at Hilton Grand Vacation celebrating the acquisition of Diamond Resorts International at the NASDAQ. It is Home Street, a financial services company. Jim, I know uh, you probably want to touch on AMC tonight because, in your view, it's important what Adam Aaron is going to say. Yes, and I hope that we uh, get to see him tomorrow on the morning show, on our show. Yes. Uh, I think it's important because Adam Aaron has been a wizard, I'm quoting New York Times, uh, at trying to use, they didn't use the term apes in New York Times, trying to use some of these people who get riled up, uh, use them to finance and to get through, but over and over again, David, even though he's raised about $5 billion, you have said that that's not necessarily enough if people don't start coming back to movies. Well, right now, it's, it's uh, going to potentially be a diff- more difficult time, given the, the Delta variant, given what had been certainly optimistic expectations for a return to movie theaters, um, uh, broadly speaking. Jim, you know, these, it's funny. They did a number of what the at-the-market offerings, right? Right. Yes. That's become, I mean, that's become more prevalent in general. There are companies that are doing that more often, I think. Yes, I've been We're not just talking here that. about GameStop or a few of the others right. that, uh, but that I, have pursued I, the it. The question is, is there enough money among these people who are uh, aggressive to be able to keep up GME, GameStop, of which we still are waiting for Ryan Cohen's ice cream cone, yes. uh, AMC, and then the meme of the day, maybe month, year, Robin itself. Robinhood shares Robin up another six and a half percent this morning. Again, remember, the company went public only what a week and a half ago, yeah. not even at thirty-eight. And you can see and it's twenty bucks the above price. there. It immediately broke syndicate bid on day one. It yeah. wasn't particularly well placed, and then they came in. They came. They for came it. in. I mean, what's interesting about how they came in was that there was then it was up so much that there was a convert that you could sell, and it, it didn't impact supply. Does not usually supply in this market is a negative. But here, supply is begetting demand. It's incredible. 98 million shares by selling shareholders. Right. I don't believe they've all been disposed of no, as yet, not. but they potentially can. But this is without Vlad coming out and talking it up. And a lot of people feel like they, I'll get a cost in the street saying, you know, it's just an app. I said, well, you know, Vlad's trying to do many more things than just an app. And he's got the right demo. He's got the 22 that the million people that they want Yes. They being the industry. Yes. Are you circumspect? Uh, I, I don't know. I was you sound circumspect. You, do I? Uh, yeah, well, you I sound do that often. It's, it's a $50 billion, let's call it almost $50 billion market value. Oh, you can do that like, well, yeah, it's almost as big as whatever. And yeah. People do that all the time. I'll do that. I remember when it was as big as Ford. <laughs> well, then it's now Ford and GM. Hey. Oh, you're doing Ooh. the whole Tesla comparison. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. that kept people out. 
That's true. Well, let's see if Tony Saganetti's got under home run. <laughs> no, that was, remember that? It's oh, like, of course. Now it's worth two it's Fords, one GM. I mean, now you couldn't believe it? it could possibly be. Yeah, you're right. And, and then can, throw in, a, know, in five rummy cube games. A lack of imagination, perhaps, on the part of some lack people. Lack of I've, imagination. I've, I've talked about this because I go back to, like, 1998 or 2000 with Amazon and remembering right. people who were telling me. It's bigger. Its market cap is larger than all the books ever sold. Yeah, right. Well, then he wiped books, out the book business. Remember, yeah. So what? It's like somehow they failed to understand that Amazon was going to. Yeah, they were trying to advance micro because of the deal with Xilinx, but apparently they didn't have enough firepower to do that. Yeah, one what too. happened with AMD as a mean they, stock, Jim? He jacked it up 17 points, and then real sellers came in, for heaven's sake. I think if you're Lisa Sue and you've, uh, you've presided over that kind of success for that period of time and you've been rewarded in the marketplace, you're not overly happy watching your stock start to I think move Lisa, like that Lisa based Sue on a, not on fundamentals. Right. Lisa Sue is a rational individual who wants the stock to go up because of earnings. Uh, and this was post-earnings period. I mean, Now, I guess there's some people in some CEOs are happy for their stock to go up no matter what. Yeah. Lisa Sue wants the stock to go up because she's done a great job and has a roadmap. By the way, not because Intel is, had a bad quarter. That is not how she is. Right. She is not a gloater. She is a power who tries to every day go to work and demonstrate tremendous abilities for the shareholders. And these people are not necessarily the shareholders that she... Well, well, it's gone from 84 to 122 in less than a month. And I did notice BMO today uh, gets they, off the fence. They, uh, they capitulated. They a market perform 110. Oh, that was such a tough... That was like, you know, we admit... I actually sent that to Lisa Sue when it came out. Yeah. You know, yeah. we admit that we're wrong. We admit it was very one of those... It was self-flagellation. Mm. They did everything other than say that we're stupid morons. We admit that we're the three stooges when it comes to advanced micro. <laughs> All right, Jim. Uh, this company has a market value of $573 million, is run by a nonagenarian CEO, and owns a railroad. Florida East, because where are you going there? What company is this? Give me the answer. Uh, excuse me. Give me the correct response. <laughs> um, what's the market cap? What? $580 billion, run by a... Octogenarian. Nonagenarian. Ninety. You got this. You got it. You got it. The rest I of us are screaming at the owns screen. Owns a railroad. Big railroad. Big railroad. What is Florida East Coast? What the heck is, are you? This is a moment. Maybe America. It's, it's, maybe it's too obvious. Yeah. Uh, Berkshire. <laughs> oh, that's not fair. I'm looking for the. All right. You you thought, did you think that no, it wasn't, right. wasn't Final right. Jeopardy? This no, is easy. no, you're absolutely right. I was bad on that. Yeah. And I wagered 27000 <laughs> So now that your charity's out. It wasn't Final Jeopardy. No, it wasn't that's tricky. terrible. I, didn't, um, I wasn't thinking. Becky wasn't on this morning. Reported over the weekend. You know, it's funny. I don't typically peruse the 10Q, but I did have a chance to do that. You forget all of the businesses this company owns. Obviously, Burlington, Burlington Northern. Northern which you get a good snapshot of in terms of their business, which had been quite strong, as you might anticipate. All the energy-related businesses. Obviously, we all know about Geico and the endless commercials there. And then the insurance business, uh, well, beyond Geico uh, and Geico itself. Um, so many others, but $144 billion in cash. $144 billion in cash. You know, we talk often about the cash position at Apple and or Alphabet, right. even at Facebook, which is growing... But Mr. Buffett, who, by the way, bought back, uh, what, $6 billion worth of shares during the quarter, I think yep. it was, um, is still sitting on on. So we're going to play that game. We have to play that game of what he's going to buy, elephant hunting. I don't know. Yeah, but no. Cash really didn't change uh, quarter on quarter. No. Apple remains their largest position. Yes. Followed by B of A, AXP, Coke. Well, I, I think that 
of those, Coke had a good quarter. AXP had a quarter that I think if it weren't for the Delta variant would have taken it right to 200. I mean, just in a straight line. Because the variant now has got people worried yeah. about going, they out, people going out and, and cross-border. Still getting 8% on their 10 billion oxy preferred. That's nice. It's good the oxy being heard right got now the, by the price of oil slipping. Yes, it is. Oxy's down about 2.7%, but well above perhaps levels that we didn't, that you might have thought. Well, uh, it was down when to it was, 11, When things were looking Well, we were tough. concerned about their debt. Uh, yeah. that's, they've, done some, they've taken some actions that make it so that it's uh, not as vulnerable. And I think that that matters tremendously. Berkshire, I think, is a quandary. I, I get asked about that probably twice a, a week in really? the lightning round. And people just keep expecting. I'm not backing away from it. Not with that balance still, sheet. Right. That balance sheet. I, we don't talk about it that often. It is. I mean, we talk about Mr. Buffett, of course, specifically, right. but in a broader context, not necessarily specific to Berkshire's business. No, and obviously, we also have to deal with, uh, you know, who is going to take over at some point. Right. The pipeline Most business, likely. by the way, you mentioned that. That's going from bad to good. As the yes. pres- new president, you're very hard to put a new pipeline up. So finally, yeah. there's a, a, some demand for everything. And then the pipelines that have been reversed to be able to, to sell natural gas from L- to LNG. Also very good. Um, what do you got? Guys, you talk about going from you know bad to good. I, I, taking a look. It's a small deal, but it's worth mentioning because it also sort of reflects the... Since the pandemic, the moves that have happened. Tillman Fertitta comes what on is, our air all the time. What is DraftKings? Yeah, what is the DraftKings deal to buy Golden Nugget Online Gaming? It's an all-stock transaction. Take a look, look though, at that. At the move. DraftKings, we had the, uh, him on Friday. Didn't Jason? ask him. Didn't tell us. Yeah, Jason. Uh, but you can see they've uh, negotiated that transaction. As Jim said, it is all, all stock. We're talking um, 0.365 shares uh, of DraftKings. Um, but what's interesting here is, remember Fertitta, of course, owned the Houston Rockets, owned Landry's, owned uh, the Golden Nugget, owned these online gaming, had what, uh, at before the pandemic, about $680 million a year in EBITDA that went to essentially zero, zero and managed to work through it. $5 billion of debt, by the way, but managed to have a rescue financing. Then they separated out this online gaming. They loaded debt on that specifically because it was the one area that was actually still growing Mm -hmm. in the midst of the pandemic. Then it got taken public through a SPAC that was, I think, Lancadia number two. That deal closed in the spring, and now it's getting bought out. By the way, this is a SPAC that worked. Well, but it was down very badly until today. Jeez. Yeah. Where was it? was 37% this year? Yeah. I think what's interesting about this it's, deal... I've got it up. I mean, I've got it up 35%, 46% right, so I, in the last 12 I, months. But I yes. did trade it north to 25 What I think is yes. really interesting about this deal... Right, it was up at one it, point higher. You're this, right. it, the deal, people regarded the company as landlocked. In other words, it, it, it was belonged to a casino, but there was no... It, it just hasn't taken on, off nationally. Right. And that's what Jason is about, which is national gambling. You're talking, what, $300 million in, uh, in expected synergies... Um, Fertitta's going to hold on to his shares. Yeah, uh, for a year. And, and then they also have uh, a, an agreement regarding a separate commercial deal with Fertitta Entertainment across those assets. So we're talking the Houston Rockets, Golden Nugget LLC, Landry's. And that's going to include marketing integration, sponsorship assets with the Rockets, expanded retail sportsbook presence. So important deal potentially for DraftKings. Was, uh, I think you know, very important. responding okay. Look, I, I think that uh, there's the competition here. How about that deal with... Uh, with uh, Penn National? Penn National. Yeah, we yeah. didn't talk about that. No, we didn't. We didn't. Portnoy was adamant that this is a game changer for them. Really? Yeah. And a lot of people feel that, look, I think that 
I happen to love uh, Penn Nat, but a lot, of, a lot of people feel like, wait a second, this stock's been cut some, in half. I, uh, yeah, I, there were a couple reiterations of sells last week. Yes. Uh, that uh, iCasino is just going to be very hard to make that a large enough piece of the business. Now, I do worry about where they have their actual physical casinos and, and, uh, and Delta. You know, the problem is, is that they're all over the place, but they have a lot in the South. We don't talk about the fact that... The, where a lot of things are manufactured in this country is the South, because these are all right-to-work states. Uh, a lot of theirs are in the South. You end up with this kind of disastrous scenario where a lot of our manufacturing, a lot of the people who really make things are in the worst areas, and the, the employers are unwilling to do it. But anyway, I just think it's an interesting for Penn Nat to, to, to diversify. I think Portnoy was, uh, I, he was shocked that the stock didn't act better. Because it was a pretty good deal for them. But you know what the barometer is? It's Moderna. Every day, you can watch Moderna. Moderna is Delta. You can check. You can track Moderna's stock Against the with Delta. case count. Moderna yeah. up another almost 5% this morning. Sure. Wow. It's almost a $175 billion, billion market dollars. value What company. are they going to do after this? A second act? Oh, my Best God. Best performing it's... stock of the year. Is it incredible? Wow. Amazing. Uh, still to come this morning, we have an exclusive with the CEO of Plug Power. Uh, first, though, take a look at the bond report. We'll see how Treasuries are faring this morning as we get all kinds of cross currents on inflation and commodities. Ten-year, one, two, seven, pretty much on the nose. We'll be right back. Plug Power reporting Q2 results last week. Revenue was up 83% year-over-year. The company did report a wider-than-expected loss, and some of that has to do with margin pressure from supply chain issues. Uh, joining us now, one of the most exciting guests you can have, uh, that's the president and CEO, Andy Marsh. Andy, welcome to Squawk on the Street. Well, thank you, Jim. A pleasure to be here. Andy, help us. There is a gigantic infrastructure bill in Washington, and apparently it has a lot of for hydrogen, which is your strength, what will it mean for your business? Well, Jim, uh, you know, we, we expect this business to be $1.7 billion in 2024 without this infrastructure bill. And this bill's an $8 billion opportunity for building hydrogen hubs. And nobody's in a better position than Plug Power to do that. But when we look at it, uh, you know, when I, when I look at it, I see that the government really understands hydrogen is critical to climate change. And this bill includes opportunities for green hydrogen blended into the natural gas pipeline, for mobility applications, for manufacturing fertilizer. We're still trying to understand what the impact could be. And we have, you know, we plan in mid-October at our Plug Power Symposium to roll out what we really believe the impact will be. But I think it'll be substantial. And there's okay, more Andy, time. It's, but Go it, ahead, it's not clear. Are you getting the tax credits that you need? Because, you know, you've got to be competitive with your green, uh, which, by the way, has no pollution with your green hydrogen. Will the government make it so that you will be able to be compete more successful than green hydrogen or gray hydrogen? Yeah. So, Jim, but with our, hydrogen, that's what I'm worried about. Sure. At three cents a kilowatt hour. Uh, of electricity, and you can buy electricity at that price behind the meter. We are competitive. On top of that, uh, in the reconciliation bills that are moving around Congress, uh, there is a tax credit of $3 per kilogram. Just so, so your audience knows, a kilogram is like two gallons of gasoline. And there's also work going on to make you know a 10-year extension of the investment tax credit 
which is used by solar, wind, and fuel cells. So, uh, you know, I think the opportunity is much, much bigger than we previously expected with the aggressive, aggressive posture that the federal government's taking. Can we catch up to Europe, to uh, China, to South Korea? Well, I'm, you know, I hear, you know, democracy is uh, dirty. Uh, but I can tell you that uh, in the U.S., it's bottoms up. It's consumers, it's companies which drive governments who drive this type of policy. Uh, I'm excited about Europe, but I am convinced when you look at the technology leadership the United States has had in this technology, I mean, the Department of Energy supported for a long time. Companies like Plug are well positioned to be successful in Europe, to be successful in Asia. In Europe, we're working with Hyvea, which is our JV with Renault for on-road vehicles. And uh, this quarter, we'll close our S- our joint venture with SK. So I do believe we can compete. And look, these companies came to the United States to get the technology, not the other way around. Okay, you have some pretty aggressive statements, in, very aggressive, in your conference call. And the one that stuck out for me, Andy, is the world is going to change much more rapidly than people can imagine about green hydrogen. There are a lot of people who are very suspect. Uh, can you explain us why it's going to uh, change more rapidly? Well, Jim, when I look at it, uh, at three cents a kilowatt hour, it costs about a dollar fifty to make a kilogram of hydrogen. That's that's online with what you can get with natural gas, especially natural gas with carbon capture. It may be even more attractive. I think people have the equation wrong. And I think we're well positioned with building out our 500 tons of green hydrogen here in the States by 2025. We'll have 70 tons by uh, July of next year. We just uh, broke ground on a plant in Georgia just last week. Well, I got to tell you, Andy, I want to take the other side here for a second. Uh, Okay. Well, listen, your provider, you switch from air products to Lindy for your basic, for your hydrogen. And yep. on the Lindy conference call last week, what did they have to say? They think that we are that we are far away from what you think. They're talking about a roadmap that kind of three to five years, and because they don't feel like we have enough low cost renewable energy. Now, Lindy, which is a company that is again your supplier, you would think they'd be on board with you about the rapid use of green, but they're not. Well, Jim, I guess I heard your previous. Uh commentary about Amazon in 1999 and books, you know, people have different views. You know, I've actually built a team which really understands the solar market, really understands the wind market, really understands the grid, how we can, you know, it really comes down to the cost of feedstock. And your audience knows where the cost of solar and wind's going. And I think that gives us a competitive advantage. Well, I think that's very fair. And I know, Andy, you've been a, uh, a great spokesman for the industry, and I want to wish you the best of luck. It sure would help our country and the world. Good to see you, Andy Marsh from Plug Power. Well, thank, right, thank you for having me this morning, Jim. Absolutely. I'll see you soon. See you soon. Uh, we did get a bit, of, a bit of a spill at the open here. S&P down a few points. Uh, Dow's down 90. Most sectors are red, and we got the VIX back above 17. We'll get stopped trading with Jim after a break. Time for Jim and stop trading. I'll tell you, Carl, one of the companies that has really been a victim of COVID 
strikes back today, Tyson. And uh, TSN, this is uh, the summary of segment results. Beef is much better. Why? Due to strong global demand and reduced production inefficiencies associated with COVID-19. Then they say the same thing about pork and the same thing about chicken. And uh, but it's the beef thing. They, they, they're making fortune on beef. And congratulations to them because they were really struggling with COVID. Yeah, they have instituted uh, some mandates on vaccine. And they're now they're saying on the call that aggressive pricing is going on. Yes. And this is, again, the problem in America, which is that. When you go to the supermarket, this is stuff you see. You can't believe how expensive it is. You go out to a restaurant, you can't believe how expensive things are. It is kind of amazing. I had a friend out in Montauk last week. I know you were there, David. And I've been talking about a long time, but everything yeah. is, you know, a lobster roll sandwich, 25 bucks. 20, that's a bargain. 25? <laughs> yeah. Isn't there some lobster sandwich. salad out there that's $88? I don't know. We'd have to go to Robert Frank. He's the uh, He does that. Robert Frank things, does that. Yeah, he's all things expensive. Cheeseburgers are $950 yeah, at some stadium or whatever. Right. There's a special Gruyere, maybe. I don't know what it is. I, <laughs> Basically, yeah, they, people are just throwing money out of their... Yes. Out of their... But don't we see worry. We're all paid so yeah. much more. We have no problem. Okay. <laughs> Tonight, Jim. All right. So I've got Deb Caparo, who is, the, again, the largest of the senior uh, homes, but she also has a lot of other businesses. Rusty Brazil, who's my energy expert. And we're going to talk hydrogen because what I have to, I have to tell you, if green hydrogen wins, this planet is going to be a much better place. And then Stitch Fix, new CEO, Elizabeth Spalding. It's a company I've long championed because I think that they have a great model. Uh, we got a lot wood, wood to chop this week. We'll get Disney, Airbnb, Disney's Dash. Bush. Yeah. I think that people uh, don't understand how important this week is because it is the last earnings week. But for all these newer companies, I mean, there's been hundreds of companies created. Hundreds. Oh T- today is one of the rare days when there isn't, yeah. a, when there isn't an IPO I know. here at the New York Stock Exchange. I was doing I can't a lot remember work, a day where, where we haven't had one. I was doing a lot of work on Weber. You know, that deal worked. But that's because they cut the size of it so dramatically. Dramatically, from the 40s and to 18 million. Five, right? yeah. com- five deals failed with us. So we're kind of full up. It's actually good for the market. Yeah. Full at last. All right? Sure. You say so. Matt, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, well done. On now, the- did you and Matt go out for a beer after no, a Frosty? I don't know him at all. Of course you know? not. There is no consorting with the contestants. Not even no. for some of the ones that did poorly no. that you could... All right. <laughs> You'll see at 6, Jim, at Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.